With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, and computer science academics. We highlight people with a passion for educating our youth in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio Show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. Well, welcome to the BDPAI Radio Show. I'm Fran McNeil your host for the show, and today is Tuesday, March 11th. We continue the BDPAI radio show tradition of airing the second and fourth Tuesday of the month, and our guests this evening are our very own Dalrick Webb, who is the president of BDPA Cincinnati, and our second guest this evening is Russell Frankel. And Russell is the Director of Collaborative Programs and Outreach for Advanced IT Minnesota. So we're going to start off our evening with Dalric. And I've had the opportunity to chat with him a little bit before the show. And it's really exciting to have him on the show. So I'm going to share with you um, a little background, and then we're going to get into the interview. Dalric Webb is the new president. He was sharing with me that um, he was just inducted in the beginning of the year, the new president of BDPA Cincinnati Chapter. And under his leadership, there's been a significant uptick in programs, members, and donations associated with the chapter. Dalric has a powerful vision for the future of BDPA in the greater Cincinnati area. And so we... BDPAI Radio, and you will be very interested in hearing from Dalric on what he considers the ROI value proposition for both IT professionals and corporate America when it comes to BDPA programs, scholarships, and services. So welcome, Dalric. How are you this evening? I'm doing well, Fran. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. And uh, so let's get real. What's the weather like in Cincinnati? I'm sitting in Philadelphia, and we had actually balmy weather tonight, today. Well, that's really unfortunate, Fran, because today was a <laughs> beautiful 70-plus degrees here in Cincinnati. It was sunny. It was people outside in shorts and T-shirts. It was great. Well, you know what? I believe in happiness. So if Cincinnati has 70-degree weather, that's a great thing. Uh, and uh, so I'm glad that you're in a good mood. And um, uh, let's, let's get started. You know, I, I mentioned just in reading your bio that you're relatively new to the role of president. But before we start there, why don't you share with our audience how you first found out about BDPA? 
Well, like a lot of things, Fran, it's a um, it was a uh, uh, act of act of, of nature. I was out at a mixer uh, for technology professionals in 2011 at the work mixer in downtown Cincinnati. And at that mixer, I ran into one of the people I ran into there was the then chapter president Wanda Gray. Uh, Wanda was telling me about the uh, organization briefly, and she gave me her business card you know, along with other people there. And uh, believe it or not, I do follow up people's business cards, so I had done that with Wanda and asked her, you know, what, you know, wanted to sit with her more and find out how I could help with the organization. So we met uh, for for lunch, I think it was at Chipotle, and she told me about the different, you know, opportunities to serve in the organization and how the uh, the chapter was uh, in need of volunteers to, to meet their objectives. So I said, all right, then I'll. I signed me up, and I signed up as the uh, vice president of membership management, and that's how I became involved, and that's when my 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 term started, <laughs> really. Ah, in the BDPA tradition, which is great. I mean, um, one of the things I've learned from so many guests is that BDPA genuinely offers members the opportunity to lead and get involved. And so if you step up, you have a chance um, to make a difference. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So it started with a mixer (laughs) and a very important contact, and you had a crucial role uh, in the VPC. How did you make that transition into the presidency, and, and what's it like sitting in that chair? Now, that's a great question. Um, so the VPMM role was a bit of a challenge. You know, coming into the organization, um, which is very similar to coming into the presidency role, it, it, not having done due diligence in, in, in the terms of, you know, finding out more about what the responsibilities were and, you know, what, what the rhythm were, you just jump right into things trying to, trying to help out. Uh, when I jumped into the vice president leadership management role, I was immediately bombarded with thousand things that, that the chapter needed, <laughs> and it was a bit of a culture shock for me to step into that role initially. And over the two years that I served in that role, uh, I became more comfortable with it. I became more, uh, you know, understanding of course of the BDPA rhythm, uh, how things worked, how the chapter was trying to operate, the chapter's mission, our STEM program, how we work with the HSCC program, all those key deliverables and pillars of the organization. Similarly. Uh, as my term was ending, as Clarence's term, uh, the previous chapter, chapter president, Clarence McCarthy, as his term was ending, uh, there was a lot of talk about who was going to succeed him as the next president. And I thought about it long and hard and hemmed and hawed and said I was going to not do it, said I was going to do it. Actually, I never said I was going to do it. I kept saying I wasn't going to do it because I was thinking that, okay, I've, I've given two years, I've given enough. And But, you know, at the end of the day, I, looked at, I, I talked to some people who were attending our program meetings and they were interested in joining the chapter and, getting the, and seeing the chapter be successful. So really what brought me into the presidency was the members of BDPA. And the fact that people wanted to get engaged and further the works of this organization was what called me to step forward and be president and, and, step, and seek the presidency. So when Clarence um, asked me did I want to uh, run for president, I said yes, I would, and uh, it, was, it was really because there was there were several people who had said they would step up and join the chapter to see the chapter to the chapter be successful. That, that's why I became president. 
And that's a powerful reason. And again, membership um, not only has its privileges, it has its responsibilities. And part of it is to help identify what value is. And so I think it is um, really very powerful that you were able to understand through your two-year term um, as uh, a VP what the organization was about, build those relationships, and then have the opportunity to be there, to hear members say, this is important to us, um, we'd like you to be involved, we're going to stay involved, and we're going to help uh, move the chapter forward. So in doing that, where, where are you now? Uh, you know, we, we mentioned, uh, you mentioned before the show that, um, you know, you haven't even been in this role for 100 days. So um, what's going on uh, in your chapter? What's exciting? What are you proud of? So I think that um, the things I'm most proud of, what's going on is we are we are a growing, dynamic chapter. We have a, we have a lot going on. Um, we are um, growing our membership. I think we've grown 52% in the last uh, three months or so under our uh, current BPMM and his team. We um, have a very robust program meeting every month, uh, which has been ongoing. I think we have we have not missed a program meeting in the last eight months. I think it is nine months or something like that, almost a year. We have uh, a brand-new HSCC, uh, actually a YTC team, Youth Technology Camp team that started up in January 11th. They're going strong with about 20 students. Uh, we've got new sponsors coming on board, corporate sponsors coming on board, or we, and renewing sponsors coming on board. Our uh, grant writing VP uh, of uh, uh, fundraising is, is writing new grants for proposals for sponsorship. We have a very active and dynamic chapter going on. And what I'm essentially proud of is that the team is really pulling together. I mean, there's a there's a ton of work to be done. And uh, when, when I met with the team late last year, you know, the, the emphasis was on together. Together we can all achieve more. Together everyone achieves the team concept. Together everyone achieves more. Because no one person, no one organization can fill the gap that's in the black that's in the black communities. And so with with such a great need, you know, we we, we all have to work together. And, and if one person is overburdened and there's not enough people to help share the load, that one person will get burnt out. And so but I'm very proud of what our team is that we, we we work at sharing the load. You know, everyone kinda you know, if 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 the VP of MS is, is overburdened, she'll raise her hand and say, I need help and you know, people people will rally around her to help her out. And that's that's how we become successful. I think that's how the team has become successful. And I think people are joining the organization now because they see that we are a team. We are we are working together to make things happen. And that, and, that's, and I think that's what I am very proud of is, is, the, is the people that are on this team. I mean, it's, it's why I'm here. I think it's what the organizations that, support, that sponsor us, they, when they come to our program meetings, when they see what we're doing with the students, they see that there are people who are passionate, as you mentioned earlier, about what BDPA's mission is. They see that the organization is, is, is working to bring more black technologists to the forefront, making them more viable for the organizations that are looking to increase their diversity pipeline. They see that we're engaged with the students, and that's clearly a big gap in our, in our communities. So all those things that we're trying to do, to your point earlier, those are the ROI factors that sponsors, 
principal, supporters, students, and members see when I are engaged in the chapter. And I'm very proud of that stuff. And I can hear that, and I love the fact that that acronym is, is really powerful, team. Together, everyone achieves more. And um, connecting that with the ROI, some of our listeners may not be entirely familiar with um, the use of ROI as it relates to membership and, and sponsorship. So if you were talking with a sponsor, if a sponsor was talking with you, what's, what's being said in terms of the value that a sponsor receives or appreciates um, from a BDPA chapter like yours? That's another great question, Fran. You know, we just had a couple of um, corporate sponsorship meetings over the last couple of weeks here, engaging sponsors in, a, in, a, in that exact discussion. What the question they put, the question they returned to us is, what is the ROI for our organization to be involved with GDPA? And our answer is always the same. You know, organizations are looking for opportunities to increase their diversity pipeline. BDPA offers that. We have a diversity career career drop board where we have our people, um, the black professionals, put their resumes in. So companies can can purchase that opportunity to look at the job board. We also have our free program meetings where anybody can walk in the door and, and find a candidate sitting in the program meeting that's viable for opportunity. We have the um, a lot of organizations want to give back to the communities, especially with the students and, and, and the sites and STEM programs. BDPA has that locked down already. We have a, a very robust and solid uh, program that we put on for our, our, our students all the way up through the high school, high school computer competition that we're taking us uh, to international with. So the, 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 the sponsors or supporters can see all their ROI in addition to just the, the, the opportunity for black IT professionals to build their professional and personal networks. We have a strong CAC, Open Advisory Council, where we have um, C-level type personnel on the, on the, that serve as an executive board to our media members. They provide mentorship and direction to the team. So I mean, there's a, there's, there are many, many touch points of ROI from, from an organization perspective and from a member perspective. And that, again, that's, that is tangible. Um, it's something that your leadership team clearly is able to communicate, and it's something that... Um, sponsors and members can experience. So yes. when you, I mean, and again, you you now have several years being on the leadership team of BDPA Cincinnati. Um, what are two lessons that you could share to help BDPA members as they're um, either thinking about becoming more involved in your chapter or that might help a BDPA member who uh, might attend one or two program meetings but maybe isn't as involved in their chapter um, as they could be. So, so there's some lessons learned. Okay. Um, two things that stand out in my mind are when, when getting involved with the BDPA organization is to especially if you're going to join the board or you're going to participate as a volunteer. Uh, and that is um, don't get overwhelmed and think strategically. 
with so much of a need in our communities, uh, volunteers, which is what all BDPA members are who are working on the board, volunteers can very easily and quickly get overwhelmed with all that needs to get done. And that's, you know, that's one of the, you know, stifling problems in the black community as, as in general is that there's so much need, we oftentimes don't know where to start or how to best go about making things happen. So to, to, make, to make a difference in lives around us is, 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 better, is, is, a, is a better way to proceed if, if you can have, like we're trying to do in our chapter, some standardized templates, some, some standard operating procedures, some ways that things normally run smoothly so that the volunteers can focus more on execution as opposed to having to build a bridge or rebuild a bridge that's been built or rebuilt many, many times before. Those things cause the volunteers to get burnt out quicker and get demoralized. So I think that one of the best lessons learned that one of the two is is don't get overwhelmed. You know, try to try to find that happy medium between your busy life of of, of normal life outside of BDPA and your volunteer life in BDPA, and not get overwhelmed. And the second part is think strategically. Oftentimes we we get into a role of volunteering or, or some or some other activity like in BDPA where we're tasked to do something, and we and we think just executing that one task is all that matters, and we don't see how that one task connects to the larger picture. So, for example, the director of communications is in our chapter is responsible for sending out the press release that simply says, "Hey, you know, Derek Webb joined the board today." Now, that's a simple task, but strategically thinking, that's also a marketing marketing um, opportunity. It's a branding opportunity. It's a chance to put more presence into the local community. I mean, there are many ways in today's, in, especially in today's technology world, to really market a press release. And so, by thinking strategically, rather than just saying I'm just going to accomplish this one task and put out a flyer or something that says you know, press release, I'm going to think strategically and think how can I make this this one simple act connect many dots around the, you know around the, around the, the BDPA mission. So, those two things. Don't get overwhelmed, and think strategically are the two things I think are probably the biggest lessons I would pass on to someone trying to look at this one chapter today. Well, certainly words of wisdom. And every once in a while, I won't say often, but I'll say every once in a while, I do hear members of the leadership team of a chapter say, gosh, you know, Um, we need more help by feeling overwhelmed. And I, I really like how you broke it down in terms of thinking strategically and, and having that mantra of not getting overwhelmed. You mentioned earlier that your team is part of working well together, that individuals are able to say, I need help. Um, and the whole concept of having templates and not reinventing the wheel to make it um, easier for people to be successful um, makes a lot of sense. So, Dalric, thank you again for sharing your time and your talent with us this evening. I wish your presidency continued success. The 60% growth in membership in three months has got to be up there in terms of um, really a groundbreaking statistic. Um, so again, congratulations to you and your team. And I would love to hear more from your chapter as the year goes on um, with some of your continued successes. 
So thank you again for being on the show. Thank you, Fran. You're welcome. You're welcome. So I'm going to check in, folks, with Everaldo and see if our next guest, Russell Frankel, is on the line. Everaldo, is Russell on the line? Hello, Russell. Oh, yeah, Russell Frankel here. Okay, excellent. Excellent. Well, Russell, welcome to BDPAI Radio. How are you this evening? I'm doing great. Thank you for this opportunity to to visit with your audience. Oh, we. It is our pleasure. And and what I'm going to do is uh, just read a brief portion of your bio so that our audience has a sense of who you are. And then we'll have a conversation so they can be clued into what you're doing and how what you do makes a difference in the IT world. Russell Frankel is the Director of Collaborative Programs and Outreach for Advanced IT Minnesota, which is a center of excellence within the Minnesota State Colleges and University System. And the mission is to inspire students to pursue an education and career pathway, collaborative initiatives, prepare them for the workforce demand and success. And, you know, Mr. Frankel, welcome to the program. Um, I am wondering if you could share with the audience, how did you first find out about BDPA? Um, well, thank you for that question. Um, I first found out about BDPA through Michael Wolf, who at the time was a, um, and I think still is a graduate student going for his doctorate at Argosy um, University. And um, we were looking for um, some partners to get engaged with us in sort of um, this process of identifying, uh, doing outreach to high school, middle school students uh, to get them interested in a kind of a technology education and career pathway. And Michael came to us through his advisor at Argosy. She kind of understood that not only had, it, had he an interest in doing this, he also had a, just this great passion around doing, you know, uh, volunteer work and outreach work to youth, and especially youth of color. So, so that was the first connection. That was about, I'm going to say, three years ago. Mm-hmm. So how did the relationship with BDPA kind of continue to develop, and how does it intertwine with the mission of Advanced IT Minnesota? Well, um, first of all, one of the things that we came to understand was that we had a similar interest in um, trying to um, provide just good outreach efforts and identify and recruit young people who, you know, might not have a clear sense about what technology creation or technology careers are about, and we sort of had this um, we thought we thought this kind of a common opportunity to to work together on that. And the good news is that we weren't 
um, going about that business alone. There were a number of other entities and individuals that had the same interest. The other piece that um, I came to understand after I was w working with Michael was that they were kind of, I'm going to say, partly living out of a suitcase. And so what was happening is, is each year that they would bring their program up, they would be in the uh, kind of the business of trying to find a new location to accommodate their needs. And so the, the thing that we were able to kind of bring to the equation is to provide them with some um, kind of more consistent space on our St. Paul uh, Metro State University campus where they could conduct their Saturday program. So they would have access to, to um, you know, computer lab space, and they could start to call that home. And so for the last roughly three years now, that's what's been happening. So, you know, that's kind of one of the um, really necessary partnerships to really start with is, is some type of facility that you can conduct business in. So um, we were, you know, grateful for um, that ability to be able to kind of help BDPA out in that way. So that's where it started. Um, you know, since then it sort of evolved into, um, you know, I'd love to attend, for instance, the um, the celebration and the kind of the recognition events that they kick their their New Year off with, where they're, you know, recognizing and building community um, around the mission of BDPA. You know, so they get all those students up there, they get their parents there, all the community supporters, and so we're there as well to kind of just encourage young people to become part of this and and you know if you I assume you've been to um, those events you know it's really wonderful because these young people are it's kind of their first exposure to how do I interact with people in the workforce how do I uh, how do I kind of carry myself what are sort of the you know all those what we call essential skills they're kind of called uh, I've heard them to be called um, soft skills, but <clears throat> they really are um, essential skills in the sense that that's the kind of skills that they need to uh, be successful in any kind of job that they uh, will find themselves in in the future. So, yeah, so I go, I attend those, and so I think our relationship has evolved to a point now where we have a call to discover IT meetup, um, <clears throat> where we have all these different. Um, providers that are doing this pre-college uh, work to get young people interested and uh, BDPA is at the table as are a number of other providers and so um, yeah I think it has evolved rather nicely um, and there's some other ways that we're connecting with them and we just kind of watch out for each other to make sure we're we're finding ourselves in the same room in a um, kind of generating greater um, support for what we're doing, um, that kind of thing. Oh, that's wonderful. I mean, and it, it fits so well in with your title. I mean, how perfect. Director of Collaborative Programs and Outreach. Um, and so, you know, as I listen to you share, being able to provide space, that consistent space, so that the BDPA programs who are attracting the students um, and have the volunteer support 
can have a place to, to perform. Um, right. And, uh, right. you know, what you shared about attending the celebrations and seeing the development of the youth, not only in technical skills, uh, but in people skills, interpersonal skills, as you said right. um, quite eloquently, the essential skills, that those, those are really contributions that will last them a lifetime and certainly help um, them as they transition from grade school, middle school, high school, into college and beyond. Right, exactly. Now, um, share with our, myself and um, our audience, who is, who is exactly part of the Minnesota State Colleges and University System? Um, you know, there we do have a, a chapter in Minneapolis um, chapter, but, um, you know, sort of how far does it extend? Um, are there um, opportunities maybe that other BDPA chapters could um, participate in, even though they weren't in Minnesota? Right. Well, um, I, I think that um, our kind of footprint in terms of the work that we do certainly is, um, is with a number of institutions. I think there's, I'm going to say there's approximately mid in the mid-30s, the number of uh, institutions slash campuses that are part of the um, what we call MinSKU, the MinSKU system. And so that, and they're spread out throughout the state of Minnesota. And so um, the, the, the institution it isn't, um, but is complementary to, is it's not the University of Minnesota and the affiliate Minnesota, University of Minnesota campuses. So it's the other major college, uh, public um, supported college system in the state of Minnesota. So um, the, the beautiful part of it is, is that by design, it, it's in greater Minnesota, which is more of our kind of a rural parts of the state. And it's certainly a number of institutions within the metro area, which is sort of a um, seven to nine county area around Minneapolis, St. Paul. So um, if, if, there's a, if there's a BDPA chapter that exists somewhere other than uh, within the metro area, then that would make perfect sense for us to, to work in collaboration with. I'm not aware of any other at this stage, um, but that's um, so we identify with you know kind of Michael Wolf and his his um, colleagues um, mm -hmm. more so in the metro area. Mm -hmm. And that makes total sense. Um, yep. Now, one of the initiatives that BDPA has is creating chapters um, on college campuses. Um, yes. And and do you see any progression of the BDPA high school uh, students going into uh, Minnesota-based colleges and you know potential chapters or potential affiliation um, continuing? I certainly think that that's conceivable um, if um, if that's something that the local chapter 
would like to strategically pursue, then uh, we would certainly be open to you know a greater you know more conversation about that to see where that would seem to make the most sense. Because I assume you'd kind of start with some type of pilot experience, um, and I don't know if it would be um, purely institution based or more system. Um, a little more system-wide where, for instance, within the Minneapolis-St. Paul area where you could have a BDPA um, college connection that could occur because then you might have the critical mass you need in terms of students that are enrolled in a variety of different metro area campuses that um, would get the benefits of being um, in a BDPA um, Kind of sponsored college relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, one of the, yeah. one of the reasons I'm asking the question is um, to spark conversation, um, to kind of encourage curiosity, and uh, because um, so, for example, I sit here in Philadelphia, so with. There are a number of colleges here that we're actively um, looking at African-American IT students. Um, there are entrepreneurs like myself that sponsor college student memberships um, because there is an opportunity for um, BDPA to impact not only high school students and professionals because our motto is from the classroom to the boardroom, um, right. and, and also to support uh, college students. Yeah, well, first of all, I love that model because I think it it really tells it like it is from from working from, you know, where you're growing and learning um, to where you're going to be acting, which is, you know, certainly out in the workforce. So I love that model. Um, I, I would say, once again, we're certainly open to that. I know that... Um, a local chapter has been delving in a couple different directions. One is to um, reach um, down into the middle school level as a kind of a, a feeder base for the high school program. Mm -hmm. That's one area. I also know that Michael and company have been taking a look at a more of an online um, program that doesn't require, well, it's, let me think about this. It's, it's um, virtual. It's more of a virtual experience that wouldn't necessarily require a facility. And, you know, uh, so that's one of the innovations that <clears throat> I know he's been experimenting with with some other partners to see if they can um, actualize that in, in some fashion. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, that's that's one of the great things about volunteerism is individuals um, like Michael Wolf have and his team have the ability to reach out into the community, um, create and uh, encourage um, partnerships, collaborations, um, sponsorships, and then think about innovative ways to engage members um, and re-engage members. And uh, certainly as a technology organization, we want to be leveraging technology as much as possible. 
Now, one of the notes that I have here is that your organization um, is involved in the Aspirations in Computing Award. And I was wondering if you could share with our audience um, a little bit more about that award um, and how people might find out more about it. Um, happy to do that. Um, our connection to that a particular award occurred um, a couple of years ago. Um, it's through the National Center for Women and in Information Technology. And since 2006, they have um, had a national level award in which, of course, um, anyone, any, um, I should say, high school age young woman um, from any of the states could make application for that national award. And uh, that's a great opportunity. However, we saw um, and talked with NCWIC about um, a, a related opportunity, which was to create a state affiliate so that not only could we offer Minnesota students the opportunity and access to the national um, rec level of recognition, but to also um, apply for a state level award. And you know, it makes strategic great sense that if you know if you're going to interest more young women in looking at what's happening at a, at a national level, that you know it's best to kind of um, get a, get it close to home so that you can pr promote the, the opportunity at a state level. So we began that process last year. Um, BDPA. Uh, was uh, an active member in that process. In fact, two young women from the chapter here, um, Gabriella Knight and um, Sephora, um, oh, I'm just blanking on her um, last Check name lab. at the moment. Keck Lab, thank lab. you so much. Yeah, both of them, um, <laughs> it was so exciting because they, they were able to go on a local TV station along with a IT professional from Thomson Reuters and myself and they were part of the kind of the promotional team that, um, that helped expose the fact that we were launching that, that state opportunity last year. And so um, last year we ended up with um, 13 honorees this year. Um, we ended up with 15 honorees. And so our hope and desire is that as we continue to do this, that just more and more young women throughout the state of Minnesota, uh, and especially young women of color, um, uh, are going to um, find the confidence, find the support to, uh, to apply for the award. And hopefully, through the process of that, grow their skills, uh, grow their um, their confidence, as I say, to the point where they're able to, you know, uh, be honored with the award. I will share with you that in our first year, um, there were I think we had I'm going to say at least six of the eleven. Um, uh, honorees were young women of color, 
And what was really exciting for us was that one of them ended up also winning at the national level last year. And um, to give you a, a sense of what an accomplishment that is, the uh, pool, uh, I think last year was approximately, I'm going to say 2,100, 2,200 applicants nationwide. And the, the top honor is for 35, honors the top for 35 of that 2,200. And so she was not only a state winner, but also was a national winner. And this year, while we didn't have a, a national winner, um, we did have four young women who finished as um, national runner runner-ups. So um, they're in the top 15% of those. Uh, what was this year? 2,600 um, um, national-level um, applicants. So Minnesota is doing really, really well with bringing greater awareness and greater sort of opportunity and the ability to build community around. We need more young women who are choosing this career path. And uh, the National Center for Women and Informa Information Technology has a really clear um, understanding and intention around let's draw more um, uh, awareness to the, the need, the shortage of, of, of IT talent, and the need to draw young women in particular into the field through this recognition process. So you know, hats off to them for doing that, and we're delighted to be part of it. And I was just counting up today. We have 21 um, to, to 25 local sponsors and partners that are involved in this, and, and BDPA is one of them. Very, very exciting. Well, Russell, yep. thank you so much for being on the show this evening. Um, you've provided a lot of information. I did have the opportunity uh, last year to interview um, the executive director of NCWIT, and that program is, in fact, very, very exciting. And thanks for sharing what you're doing in your program with BDPA. Um, I'd love to hear, again, more about uh, the successes and certainly um, as BDPA um, high school computer competition uh, folks are involved in your program, um, we may actually have an opportunity to have them on the show as well. Typically in August, we have the high school computer competition winners on. Um, and uh, in the event that state winners are BDPA um, members, we'd, we'd love to have you join them and share a little bit more about that process. So thank you for your time this evening. It was really great having you on the show and look forward to uh, hearing more about the work that you're doing.
Well, my complete pleasure, and uh, I thank you for this opportunity to uh, speak with you and to, um, um, you know, talk with the, the audience um, as well. So thank you so very, very much. You're welcome. Well, folks, we're going to wrap up our show for Tuesday, March 11th. 2014. Our guest this evening, just to recap, our first guest was Dalric Webb, president of BDPA Cincinnati, and our second guest was Russell Frankel, who is the director of collaborative programs and outreach for Advanced IT Minnesota. I'm Fran McNeil. Joining me in the studio is Everaldo Gallimore, Special thanks to our Executive Director, Wayne Hicks, of the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, and extra special thanks to you, our listeners, for joining us second and fourth Tuesday of every month, and we look forward to seeing you on March the 25th. Have a great evening. BBPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology, showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, computer science academics, and people with a passion for educating our young people in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BBPAI Radio Show is a regular exchange for BBPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community, BBPAI Radio guests link the diverse worlds of business, education, and technology. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.